0: Rochelle Schrute is a hunter, plain and simple. This is her second podcast ever. And I asked her on here because of some of the things that are happening in the outdoor space, in the social media space, as it relates to women. The perceptions of women, the perceptions of women in hunting. And how do we go about changing it? I think you'll agree that this is a very hard-hitting conversation. One that was probably needed. One that you probably need to listen to and really think about. Because as I constantly say, even through this podcast, thinking is really going to save hunting for our kids and our grandkids one day. I've been watching your Instagram and your stories and... I saw the thing of the wall tent and whatever it was on the ceiling, the Mayfly, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, You
0: legitimately live in a wall tent?
1: No, I, uh, I, uh, fakely live in a wall tent. Um, it's kind of a long story, but, uh, we had like my whole family structure fell apart. And so I brought my kids and moved them back home. Um, but home for me is Bozeman, Montana. Um, it's expensive. (laughs)
0: Cool.
1: <laughs> and so I live in a wall tent behind my uh my parents' property. Um okay. but it's your cush. kids are with you? Mike, um my son actually just moved up to Great Falls. He's 17. Um, he's okay. up there kind of doing his own thing and okay. and starting his whole, whole little adventure. Um, but yeah, my daughter actually lives lives here in Bozeman. Um yeah, we play outside a lot, so it works out. The tent feels like home anyway.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I am so happy to have you on out of your rig, out of your truck.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, It's at least quiet in here.
0: Absolutely. No, the audio is absolutely perfect.
1: Fantastic.
0: Well, I do a terrible job of introducing people because I just love to hit the record button. And I just (laughs) start recording. And I reached out to you uh, because there's been several posts that you have made. As you said, you are you're more of a, a penman than you are, you know, you know, someone who exudes their thoughts through their voice.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I said, I, uh, come on. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm real good at stumbling over my words if they have to come out of my mouth. Uh, I love to have the time to sit and precisely think out, especially when it's topics like that are important or words that are gonna be ripped apart because they always are. Um, it does, it gives me the sense of control to, to really have the time to really paint a narrative in a way that isn't just, you know, mouth vomit as I often do.
0: Are you a 45 time editor?
1: Uh, I am a, no, I would say I'm probably a 25 time editor. I hit the grammar first. And, uh, that's pretty hard. And then I'll rewrite it probably 25 times before anything, not everything. Some things I just throw out there and then I'm like, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a 25 time editor for sure.
0: I, uh, my wife is a, has a PhD in 18th century Gothic literature. Phenomenal. And so, you know, whenever I'm trying to be smart (laughs) and write something eloquent and, uh, I get chastised quite often. I bet. That's not how it works. (laughs) Did you even think about this before you wrote it kind of deal? And it's just, you know, cower into the corner with my lowly biology PhD.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, but hey, use the resources you have, right? She's right there.
0: (laughs) Holy smokes. As she says often, she goes, Robbie, if you turn up missing one day, all they have to do is look at my Google history because I'm trying to kill people all day long, searching through my Google history. Oh, so again, I failed to introduce you. So <laughs> Rachel, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Well, actually, contrary to popular belief, it's Rochelle. Oh, um,
0: my bad, Rochelle. That's all
1: right. You know, I have been called Rachel most of my life um, and I just answer to it. So I feel like I bet half the people that know me go to call me by Rachel to this day. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's Rochelle Schrute. Um, and I don't even know how to introduce myself. Uh, that's, that's it. I, I am, I am that,
0: uh, you hunt.
1: I do hunt. Yep. Um, I fish terribly. Um, when did you start hunting? Uh, birth, you know, I, uh,
0: that's a lie. Come on. We're telling the truth here. Come
1: on. Well, I mean, that's true. I probably went on hunts at a year or two old. Uh, I wasn't doing a whole lot of hunting. Dad or mom? Both. both, Both. Yep. But mom and dad both hunted. Both my grandparents hunted. You know, grandma hunted, grandpa hunted.
0: All from the Um, Montana area?
1: Yep. Yep. I don't even know how many generations back, but generations back of just Montana. Um, my grandparents were subsistence farmers. So they lived in a little subsistence farm outside the rattlesnake wilderness, which is in the middle of nowhere. Um, so yeah, we hunted because we couldn't afford to not hunt. Um, so it's just all I've ever known. Um I grew up eating canned deer meat, which to this day is one of my favorite things. Um, so yeah, it's just all I've ever known. So growing up, you know, my parents and they still live in a modest house. Um, my dad works in the produce department of a grocery store. My you know, my mom works in a billing department of a medical eye clinic. Um, just super basic, modest lifestyle. And mm. hunting has always been a, the way that we kind of feed the crew.
0: And no um, difference between dad hunting, no difference between mom hunting, just.
1: Hunting. Uh, my mom's a better hunter, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yes, just hunters. You know, it's um, my mom, you
0: say that cuz Strickland, I don't know if you know who cuz Strickland is. I do. So cuz told me once he's like I, I would much prefer to take a woman hunting than I would a man hunting. And I said, "Why would why is that cuz?" He goes cuz in the moment women become killers. Yeah. In the moment, guys get buck fever and they're huffing and puffing and they're like I can't get on it, can't get on it. Women, it's just like they go into this like zen, pull the trigger, do the deed. Then it flips, right? Then it's the, yeah. the then the emotions you know, right. Portia. But in that moment, cause they said true blue killers.
1: Couldn't agree more. You know, and I, you have a biology background. Yep. You no, know, I look at it no different than I look at any other species. You know, you look at, especially with, you know, kids, like females go out, they hunt, they feed the babies, you know, it's just, it's just a biological drive for females. Um, yeah. And then the emotions come. Um, still to this day, I'm a mess ever after everything I kill. Um, but before, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I think, and probably being raised around it, you know, like my mom is a better shot than anyone I know. Um, you know, both of my parents even shoot like bow league and my mom is a better shot. Um, I think there's just an attention to detail and a little bit, you know, precision, those little precision movements and, and, and fine tuning. I think that, you know, not to throw in the stereotypical, that's a, a woman thing. Um, but it, there is, there's a skill to it and a, a mindset that, yeah, I just, every woman that I know, or at least the women in my family, yeah, they outhunt the men in my family for sure.
0: So um, this is a, this podcast is an iron sharpening iron conversation. This is not a podcast that gets to know Rachel Ro- Rochelle, excuse, <laughs> excuse me. Okay. So why then is the thing that you just described and the thing that was described to me by cuz... Not common knowledge.
1: I don't know. Um, I think a lot of it is societal. You know, we, especially the last hundred years, I think, in particularly in the United States, there is this American ideal, right, of the the apron and the kitchen and raising kids and PTA meetings. And there isn't. I think we've moved so far away from that basal, instinctual provider viewpoint that the the way we look at a provider has changed so drastically you know it's gone from you know hunters and gatherers to you know who prepares the most organic lunchbox um, mm-hmm. and that I think has changed the perspective of just who women are in general not just in hunting but in any in any facet where it seems like a woman has stepped outside of her lane um and just i think because of where i grew up and the the people that i was around um i've always just fallen into those roles i like you know i didn't hunt for there was 15 years i didn't hunt not one day uh, of my life um and then i fell back into it as an adult um but even like for my career you know i spent the last 7 years working in general contracting you know i i designed custom homes um i just i feel like people are uncomfortable when women in general step outside of that neat little box that the American ideal has like set up for them it's not a white picket fences and and you know spam and the the cocktail dress and it's just not that way and I think I don't know if it's not so much common knowledge I think I think there are a lot of women who hunt and are quiet about it I know a lot that are hunt and are quiet about it because they don't want the the scrutiny they don't want the 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 you know, the meme pages coming after them. They don't want, I think it's more common than we think. Um, It's just quiet because unfortunately it seems like it has to be for a lot of women.
0: So I I totally agree with you. However, I, 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 I truly believe that the ones that are quiet are the ones that probably have the loudest voices that probably should be the loudest voices. No doubt. Versus the loudest voices that are out there.
1: Yep, and you know I think especially with social media, you know I know off the top of my head I know ten women. No, I'll say eight. I know eight women who are incredible outdoorsmen. They are, they are killers. They are incredible fly fishermen. They are inc- just phenomenal conservationists that are doing hardcore on the ground work, and not one of them has a social media page. Um, and it is entirely self-preservation, you know, it's, it's, I don't want what I'm doing to be overshadowed by someone's opinion of what I'm doing. And I don't want it to affect my family. And I've been there, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I get it. And unfortunately it's those voices that would have been the best mentors, you know, that if they would have had the reach, if they wouldn't have not to say coward, but, but given in to the, the mockery that is undeserved. Um, they'd make a a far vaster impact right. um, just on the entire community. And unfortunately, they just won't.
0: So let's talk about that undeserved mockery. Because yeah. I think we could both agree that there are certain people, certain women out there in the social media dis- space that do deserve Absolutely. mockery. No question. And yep. unfortunately... It's those voices, as I talked about before, those loud voices, those people that, and, and here's where I get into a conundrum because, and, and this is where things are going to get a little touchy and I apologize in advance. Don't,
1: no, don't apologize.
0: Um, that the, those, those voices become, are, are an artifact of marketing, yep. of influencing. And here's the conundrum that I always land in that who's to say someone can't make that their career, their passion, their, their job. Okay. There's, Mm -hmm. I cannot say, I can't say you big boobed, you know, ass hanging out woman who's making a shit ton of money. Stop doing that because it's not, it's not very good for the perception of women in the outdoor industry. Yes, that is true. Speaking from a guy's perspective, but it's also, it's also, they're making the money, right? They're making, they've decided that's how I'm going to make money.
1: Oh, for sure. And I mean, we live in a capitalist society, whatever, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, are there a lot of women out doing that? Sure. Um, And I don't even know if it's a lot of women not doing that. It's the the ones that get attention.
0: So why Um, does it blanket over someone like you, Rachel?
1: Um, I don't know. And it frustrates me. Um, I've had, you know, I've listened to a lot of the recent podcasts and a lot of recent discussions. Um it seems like with women, especially when they step out of that lane again, there's this like reduction. It's either, you know, I explained it to a friend of mine is if you are a woman in any facet of of culture that doesn't isn't traditionally female um it seems like they're either two or not enough it's either she's too attractive or she's not attractive enough or she's too put together or she's not put together enough or you know she's too fit or she's not fit enough um and I don't know that that's strictly the hunting industry it's just very apparent in the hunting Mm -hmm. industry Mm -hmm. um and when you have these sort of very loud voices in the industry that just lump all women together Um, in this, especially when it comes to appearances, it's like, well, she hunts and she's attractive. So she has no valid opinion. Mm -hmm. And there's this, I very, I very much so don't understand how, you know, it, it doesn't extend to men in the industry where there's like, you know, for example, you take the outside article, um, about the, the women who hunt. Um, and even that was supposed to be this empowering piece about women who hunt. And, you know, they describe these women, you know, like. Her long flowing locks, you know, like, and the way that her pants sh- hugged the curves of her hips. And it's like, it's infuriating because it's why does that matter? And for me, the effect that it's caused, you know, I've hit a couple of the meme pages. And what it has done to me is, you know, now I hide. Like, okay. I've taken down all summer photos of my family. Our vacation mm-hmm. photos have been stripped off the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this, you know, this lumping and this reducing of women to just being appearances, or if you, if you are, if you do have some sort of appearance, which is considered, you know, appealing, um, you have to work twice as hard to like overcome your appearances, which I just, it's frustrating. And I don't know, I don't know the fix to it because there's a very human nature component to it. (laughs) But with the hunting industry, especially with successful female hunters, who you see that are out there actually getting it done and are backcountry hunters and I mean killing it in in every aspect there's also this you know not to not to say a jealousy aspect but there does seem to be this well if she's doing better than I am clearly someone is helping her along like clearly she has a leg up um and I don't understand that not to use the male fragility term, but there is this male fragility of like, you know, write her off. She clearly isn't doing it on her own. I can't imagine a woman being, accom- you know, capable of accomplishing these tasks.
0: Right. right.
1: Um, and I don't understand why. And you know, I'm, I'm in this unique position. My paycheck does not come from the outdoor industry. Um,
0: so let's stop right there. Okay. So you are, would you consider yourself a social influencer? <sighs>
1: I don't know. Okay. Um,
0: do you get paid?
1: Oh, I do not get paid. I do, I've never made a penny from Instagram. Not one. I've raised a lot of money for conservation through Instagram, um, which is why I still have it. Uh, I, can, I can run a conservation fundraising thing and, and bring in a significant amount of money to whatever causes I'm passionate about at the time.
0: So let's um, do, what, give me a couple of examples since obviously this is, as you said, this is your second podcast ever. And number one, yes. I do not understand why you have not done more because you are just as eloquent in speech as you are in writing. Okay.
1: Um, anxiety and nerves. I don't like, I don't know. I don't like being put on the spot. Writers don't have to be put on the spot. Um, so give me some yeah, examples
0: so- of the conservation work that you've done.
1: Um, so I mean, just some random ones.
0: Just some, you know, some of the fundraising stuff that fundraising. you just
1: mentioned. Um, so like I, yeah, I work with like Artemis Sportswomen. Um, we haven't done a ton of fundraising stuff because they're more kind of boots on the ground, fence poles and things. Um, but that's another thing. I rally troops to come pull fence, um, to put in wildlife friendly fence, um, to act, clean up fishing access sites, clean up rivers, do trail work. Um, and social media has been awesome for that. I uh, I can I can utilize it to bring a lot of people to, to the ground. Um, you know, I was on the board for BHA for Montana's chapter of BHA. Um, and you know, I look at their page versus mine, man, I got a lot of traction for donating money, um, getting memberships in, um, calling legislators, you know, it's, it's that, it's that background work, like the social media side of it, who cares? Um, it's a tool that is, can be used so effectively for, you know, positive strides forward in conservation in the perception of what hunting is and what it should be. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I guess the word influencer has such a negative connotation.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But man, if I can convince someone, if I can influence someone to get off their butt and make a phone call to a senator, great, I'll take it. I will take that influence. Um, If I can influence someone who's going to vote one way um, in a way that's uneducated, and provide them examples on how they can better utilize their vote to benefit conservation? Hell yes, I, I'll take the word influencer. Um, if it's gonna progress good, then yep. But as far as getting paid, <laughs> I wish. <laughs>
0: I definitely so don't. Do, you, do you really wish? Is that what you're after? Are you interested oh, no. in getting um, the, no. you know, the fly fishing sponsorship to give you whatever it is?
1: No, thank you. Hard pass. Um, there's another big. I don't like doing podcasts. I certainly don't want to, you know, I've had a couple of people approach me about TV shows. Nah, just not, not for me. Um, I've had people offer to do like photo shoots with their product. Just, I'm not a model. I'm a mom, you know, like I, uh, it's not for me. And I, you know, nothing against people who do it. You know, if, if that's the way that you make your living, great. You know, I'm, I'm all about, as long as you're doing things ethically, um. As long as when you are in the field, you're being a respectful hunter or respectful, respectful angler, um, yeah, more power to him. Um, but yeah, not for me. I I have no aspirations of making this a career.
0: <laughs> no Rachel, would you Would you consider yourself a huntress?
1: No, um, hard no. I uh, I don't like the word, and it's so silly to you know, we talk about things that are just words, but words have this sort of powerful, I think especially lately, words have this powerful, uh, force behind them. Um, and the word huntress, it's been so bastardized to be this high-heeled, painted, nailed princess. Um, and would it be... I mean, I often hashtag my post with worthless huntress because I've been called it a lot, That I'm still a worthless huntress. Um, would it be cool to like reclaim the word huntress? Sure, but I just don't like it. Um, I'm a hunter. You know, my mom's a hunter. Um, we hunt something. I don't know that we need to assign it a gender. Nothing about me being female changes the way that I am in the field. Um, so no, I'm not, I, I definitely don't consider myself a huntress.
0: Why do you think you've been given the moniker worthless hunters then?
1: Um, you know, it goes back to, I've only had Instagram for a couple of years. I'm not really sure how long. And it goes way back to, I posted a fishing photo um, and someone had commented who caught that fish for you. And I didn't catch on to that. I, I didn't, you know, it, this was just like me sharing trips with my kids. And then it started to become like this thing of well clearly there's someone behind the camera that's doing everything for me, um, and then I'm just posing with them, which a seems silly to me, um, but b as you know I've kind of grown I've grown a little bit of a following and I think it comes from a I'm snarky and sarcastic um, I take very few things seriously, um, and I don't really cower down when people do throw um un undeserved heat my direction and through that i've gotten more undeserved heat um from you know my motives or you know uh for everything from being a green decoy with bha to uh you know a, a liberal you know a liberal pawn trying to like sway men away from real hunting or you know just all of this nonsense and it must have been last year that someone sent something like I I should just pull it up and repost it, but it, uh, it was like, I, I don't understand why the internet praises someone that's just a worthless huntress. And like, I read it over and over again, and it was just like, you know, that's, it speaks volumes to the perception. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I hunt to feed my kids because I can't afford to fill my freezer. My family has always done the same, um, and how that is a worthless huntress coming from someone who bird hunts for recreation? Um, I don't know how. I don't know how to change that perception, um, and so I guess I've sarcastically embraced it as being a worthless. I would rather be a worthless huntress than a huntress.
0: But don't <laughs> we want to change that perception, especially in the in the you know given the circumstances we're in in terms of hunter numbers in terms of. I've got young boys and I want those young boys to be raised as hunters. You know, you've got a young girl that wants to be raised as a hunter and who knows what fucking social media, excuse my language, I get a little bit rather, but who knows what social media is going to look like in 5 years from now or 10 years from now and the pressures that people are under. It's yeah. almost like are we doing our lifestyle a disservice? By here's here's the thing. Are we doing our lifestyle a disservice? by lumping everyone supposedly in the same category versus doing a little bit of homework and saying, okay, this thing over here is very bad for women in hunting. And so, you know, not that we're advocating mockery, but if they tend to do something that's blatantly useless or blatantly obvious, okay. And you put it on social media, you may deserve it. But over here, you've got this cadre of women that are doing it for the right reasons. That, like you, may be, you know, doing it to feed your kids, doing it because that's what I've done since I could remember. And those clearly, and, unfor- and those clearly are different. I think everyone can agree that those are different.
1: Those are different.
0: However. You know- you have beautiful women on both sides of the coin, and that somehow is the common denominator that's causing these perceptions to be brought across.
1: For sure. And, you know, I think, you know, to take, if we we're going to make it simple and, and divide women into those who are hunting for the hunt and those who are hunting for the gram, you know, we'll just make it simple.
0: For love of likes, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't even... Of all the things that I loathe <laughs> that could be up there at the top of things that I loathe um, as being absolutely detrimental um, to the perception of women in hunting. Loathe it. Could not loathe it harder than I do. Um, but yeah, let's take the, the, the for lover like section and those who hunt for the hunt. I think, I think a big issue, you know, you talk about mockery. The meme pages, the 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 trolls, whatever whatever the the name is for them, um, I have a hard time because what what a lot of them started out as was holding people accountable. Um, big fan of that. I am a big big fan of that. Same Hold again. people accountable. If someone is poaching, I want to know about it now. What can I do to also drag their name through the mud? If someone is posing scantily clad disrespectfully with a fresh kill. Yep. I want to know that I want, and I don't want them to be successful doing that. I don't want, yeah, let's call out the
0: perception to the non-hunting majority that that's what hunters are.
1: Yep. And I hate that. I hate that. And that is what needs to be called out and ended. It just needs to be ended. But what I feel like has happened is it has evolved. And a lot of these, you know, nameless trolls or the the people who make their their day-to-day on on mockery or it's evolved into this you know not to say I'm, I'm never like a an u- uber feminist whatever but it's become a very anti-woman thing it's like they have chosen themselves as being the determiners of who is worthy um, and if you don't for whatever reason meet their definition of being worthy then you are, you are worth mockery. They will take your career down. They will take your lifestyle down. They will rally their troops. You know, personally, I look at, you know, the, the stuff that my kids have had to deal with. You know, they have to read that stuff too. Um, a lot of the, there are some women that they are relentless to that I'm like, man, I don't get it. I have dug and I don't find a lot of dirt on her. She seems ethical. She is clearly a successful hunter. She is raising crazy money for conservation. She is putting her money where her mouth is. Has she made it a career? Probably. Um, But why is so much- Why is that a bad thing,
0: right? Making it a career. And that's, again, that comes down to the conundrum that, that you're in, right? Because there's nothing wrong with that.
1: There's nothing wrong with it. No, if, I mean, we look at the greater good. Is making it a career detrimental to anyone else? Probably not. It's probably not as long as they're presenting hunting in, you know, a way that, respects the traditions and the heritage and the ethics of the hunt, great, make a career out of it. Knock yourself out. Um everybody's gotta have a job. If you can, if you can promote hunting in a positive, healthy way, full time as your career, please do it. Um and that's what I don't understand. That's what I don't the the perception of a lot of those women that you see that are making it a career, um, but seem to be doing it pretty solidly in a way that I can't find. They are just there's a lot of them that are smeared, unfairly. When you have women that are out there in a leopard print bikini rubbing blood on their face, laying on a deer, like, why are we not, why is that not, you know, the, the thing that's being posed? Why are we not concentrating our efforts on, you know, the guy that's jumping a fence and shooting something, you know, on private when he shouldn't be? Why are we not, there are so many greater evils. Why are we not skewering senators that are taking away hunting rights? Mm-hmm. Like, you have these people that have a platform to do, incredible good and I think they started from a place of purity where I'm like hell yeah like take them down and now I'm I just wonder like are you bored are you angry are you jealous like why has it made this shift to just being randomly hateful um Mm -hmm. and usually randomly hateful toward female hunters or successful female hunters or career female hunters Mm -hmm. um I don't get it I don't I don't understand the benefit I don't understand how that is making the community and the tradition great again i don't think it is i don't think it is beneficial
0: well as you um, said the, the, the making it great again is the accountability right the accountability to hunting and yeah. you know one of the the platforms they stand on is you know people that have no you know, you've heard them say this, they don't have any experience. They just became hunters last year. And all of a sudden now they've got hundreds of thousands of dollars being thrown at them. And, and they've pointed it out. Yes. They're using that individual to point that out, but really they're pointing the finger behind them at the agencies to say, you know, again, but again, you, that, that person in that position is trying to do a job and yes, yeah. they may not be as experienced as you may think or want them to be, but Hey, they, they, they made it a job and they seem to be doing it pretty good from a successful perspective and they're bringing new hunters into the fold, which is always a good thing. Um, I will also say, I think they, they do hammer on guys pretty, pretty good too. So, uh, but they do have their pets, they have their pet females that they tend to go after all the time. Yeah. And yeah, I think that I, I agree with you. I think that their accountability, component of what they do is exceptional. Yeah. And it's it makes people think, which is their entire imp- point. And that's what I've said before. Hunting is going to be saved when people start thinking. Yeah. And they make people think before I post this, is it gonna <laughs> end up on one of these crazy meme pages and getting called out?
1: For sure. And you know, but there's the flip side to that. You know, you have these voices that are strong positive voices in the industry that are now silent because of the fear of them pulling something just anything because they've seen these people that that don't appear to have it coming skewered and so it's also si- it's silencing a lot of good voices and a lot of the a lot of the personalities that they are putting on blast don't care they don't <laughs> care they're making major money and they don't care. <laughs> So I don't know that it's really holding them accountable. If you're going to take what they view as the bad um, men, women, whatever it is, they're profiting off the hunting community and giving nothing back, they're not going to care. Like you can talk about them, bad publicity is publicity. You know, you're just getting their name out there more. But what I've seen is this like drive for solid, good mentors to go silent because they don't want to be part of it. They just have removed themselves. And that is unfortunate. It is insanely unfortunate that we are losing these, these brilliant voices that are making serious positive changes because it's not worth it to them. They can make the positive changes in silent. It's not going to be as big. They're not going to reach as many ears. They're not going to lose as many kids. Um, but it is what it is. And that's a, that's a, a downfall that I don't know that those, those mockery pages really consider you know, the negative impact that they have, the voices that they they inadvertently silence. Because really, if you have a bikini clad chick on a boat that's gonna post a bikini chat, great. She's gonna keep doing it, whether you mock her or not. What is the point? Now we have wasted time, we've wasted resources, and you've just created like a culture of us versus them. Um, when you could be doing something more, I don't know, not even more beneficial, just beneficial period, like, Something that's that's worthwhile. Those voices aren't going to be quiet no matter how much you make fun of them. They're making bank. Why would they quiet?
0: So I don't know. It sounds like one of the, the things, you know, you've said it a couple of times, how do we change it? And one of the changes is a brave voice or brave voices. Um, yep. It's almost the same situation that hunters are in versus the anti-hunters. It's, sure. you know, we, a lot of people don't want to say anything. You know, I've sometimes... Puck it up when I drop something about wolves or something like that, because it's not going to take, it's not going to be very difficult for you to find my address. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunately that's not an option. Being silent is not an option because there are too many people that are silent. Yeah. And you're, again, this is your second podcast and your voice is strong, Rochelle. It's strong and it's impactful so
1: you know it's it's one of those things where silence is one is it's a it was a big part of my life for a long time where I didn't have much of an opinion um and so now I hear a lot of you know if you were quiet about it they'd leave you alone or if you just ignore it block it delete it um and I have a hard time doing that entirely because I have a daughter and it's not the example that I want to set um Yeah, it's easier. It's easier to just be quiet. I could go live a great life with no stress from the online world. Shut it off. Walk away. I can hunt. I can fish. No one's going to scrutinize me. But I also don't have an impact. And there's a not to say complicit, but when you just ignore it, it's a it's there's a complicit value there of you are just allowing it to continue happening without repercussions. Um, and it's not okay. It's just it's not okay for an entire gender of our species to to quiver at the idea of sharing what they do like it's just not okay um and i don't have anything to lose in it um you know i have a lot of friends that work full time in the outdoor industry and they have careers to lose i don't so i don't have much of a filter i don't have i don't i don't have any i don't have any skin in the game um and so for me it's yeah feel free like Go ahead. Tell me whatever you're going to tell me. Um, I'm just going to repost it and let people know what you know. Horrible human beings are out there, and then I'm going to correct you, and then I'm going to do some sort of stride to make a positive spin on what you've just done. A, it's satisfying. B, it it gives me a position of you know of not complacency where I just wander through and you know I raise some money here or I get someone to change an opinion on a political you know some bill somewhere or you know, there's, there's a joy in the societal change of it. Um, nothing gives me more joy than forwarding a message from someone to their mother. Nothing gives me more joy than that. Um, I don't do it to wives cause I don't want to ruin families, but man, you send someone's horrible message to their mother. Like this is what your son is doing online. It, it makes a societal change. They'll think twice. Um, there's going to be a shift in how, you know, people are treated, you know, and not to like, it's absolutely vulgar, but like last week I saw some post about me online that called me a big tittied hoe who will fuck anyone for a free hunt. Um, Like I was born in this body. I have no choice over what is shaped like. I, I find myself hiding it now um, because I get scrutinized for it, but I also don't know what I've earned, done to earn that. Um, You know, in, in 20 years, I've had three relationships now um so i don't know how that dives me into the the uh the big titty hoe realm um but it's real and it's just a it just comes with the territory of existing and that has to change there has to be a not only an accountability to the negative female uh perspective the 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 ex- exploitative females that are out there you know putting it all out and going for the likes but there has to be a change in the dynamic of how women are initially perceived. There can't be just a, Oh, this is how she looks. Um, She has, it's, it's an increase of look, decrease of value. um, Mm. Or an increase in look and increase in value, but decrease in legitimacy. Um, Mm. And they're not, they're, they're not correlated. um, And it's infuriating. And so how do we change it? Both sides um there's an accountability to the women that are are doing a disservice to the industry there's a major accountability to the men and women um judging uh every other woman like no offense if a woman wants to get up an hour early and do a face full of makeup and paint her nails and curl her hair before everyone else goes out on the hunt more power it's not for me more power to her. right if that makes you comfortable do it as long as you are following the laws An ethical hunter, respecting your kill, great. I don't care what you look like. If that makes you feel good about you, awesome. Um, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that there ever will be a shift. I don't know if there can be a shift. You know, we're such a with social media being such a visual platform. I don't. I don't know that there is a positive direction. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that I'm gonna fight back as hard as I can to to at least slow the roll.
0: Yeah. No, I think uh, what you just said about, you know, doesn't matter from a woman's perspective what you decide to do and how you decide to look to a point out out there, um, as long as you're respectful and ethical and all the rest of it. In season, I believe it's season one or season two of Blood Origins, we featured a girl called a lady, a woman, a mother, called Kim Jensen Rogers. And Kim said you make you a hunter and we hashtagged it. You make you a hunter and Kim is a duck hunter. Kim loves to duck hunt and she would, she's one of those. It's full makeup face in mm-hmm. out duck hunting. No, no camo face paint. And she has her waders and she has the hot shotgun shells in her thing. And she has her lip gloss right in the middle, <laughs> <laughs> but that's Kim. And Kim is sassy and Kim is full of life and loves to hunt. She'll be the first to admit that she's not the best hunter, uh, but she loves it. And she's raising a young man and a young woman to be the same. And I think that there is accountability on all sides of the spectrum. And I think that there's also a need for, and that's why I wanted you on and hounded you to come on, because this is a platform. This is a way of also influencing, of changing people's mindsets, of making people think. Again, thinking is going to save hunting. And sure. it won't be the last you know, strong woman that we have on here talking fire, because that's what we want. We wanna be able to have an honest, open iron sharpening iron type conversation. And I don't know what it's like. I'm not a female. I'm not a woman in the industry um some people will say that i'm a gatherer because i miss so many things when i hunt but that's another story for another day
1: Well, see that's the whole you know someone asked me how do we know when it's fixed um and it's such a pipe dream but it's when it isn't a woman hunting it's just a hunter you know you know i look at like the the hunting camps that i'm a part of i'm not a woman at the camp you know what i mean with my peers we all just hunt um and I'm fortunate. I don't think that that's super commonplace. Um, but it does seem, you know, like you say, the, the lip gloss and the waders, um, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there isn't, this isn't a, if you're going to be a hunter, then you can't be a woman. There isn't a, if you're going to be in a duck blind, you can't be feminine. It's, it's just, it's strange to me that, you know, a man can love to watch football and also hunt but a woman cannot want to put lip gloss on in the morning and also hunt. It's like, if you are going to be a hunter, you have to give up, you know, your, your identity as being feminine. Like there's something wrong with being feminine and hunting. I am not, I've been a tomboy my whole life. Um, I get dressed up in girl clothes a couple times a year. Um, but I am just innately, I'm just very feminine. Um, and that is some kind of crime in the hunting industry. It's like, you're a girl. And I just want to be like, yep. And this is what I do. And it's it's okay. And like I look at some of the, you know, the women. I mean, last week I hunted with women who are dolled up to hunt. They look great. They feel good. They go out and they kill shit. And then they come back, they still look good and they go home. Like it is just great. Like absolutely. I don't know where you get the energy. I like I don't know. I don't have the art skills. Um, but I think it's, I mean, I have nothing, I have nothing against it. It's one of those things where it's, it's not for me. Um, I understand it. It's not for me, but also it does no harm. Like that's where I'm like, it, it does no harm to conservation, to wildlife management, to, to the ethics, to the hunt. It does no harm. Um, and it seems to be like this focus of like pfft, all dolled up in makeup. Like she's clearly got, you know, ulterior motives. Probably not. She probably just feels good in makeup. great it's like i'm criticizing whether you have a beard or not like how dare you shave your face for a hunt like who are you trying to impress like nobody would even bring that up like nobody would notice um Mm -hmm. and i don't know that'll ever change and i think it's just part of human nature of you know
0: maybe maybe who knows certainly i certainly know that this conversation has has uh has put a couple of seeds and the three people that listen to this podcast.
1: Oh, so. I hope I hope I hope positive seeds. For, oh.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Rachel, you were you were you were great. And you were appreciate very ang- and you were ang- you were anxious about how you would, you know, articulate <sighs> and yeah. put the the written word into a spoken word and it was amazing. So thank you. Thank you for your I rig. It your yeah your, your the signal was amazing your the voice is amazing just, everything is amazing just keep it like exactly how it is
1: oh good see there you go you just got to tell everybody to go to their go sit in a yeah in the rig that's the way to do it
0: well i appreciate you and uh we'll have to do this again okay
1: yeah absolutely
0: well that's it for today i appreciate you listening as always leave a review share it with your friends and most importantly Do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.